0: Hey guys, just a quick intro by Greg Liktai here. We did a special crossover with Jacks of Trade. We covered Valkyrie out last week and we wanted to release it on our feed so you guys could enjoy it. It was a fun episode, we had a great time with those guys and we hope you enjoy it too. So without further ado, here is Valkyrie, the crossover episode with us and Jacks of Trade.
1: Hey, everybody, I'm Davis. Right, start over. <laughs> d- d- it, you, okay, fine, fine, starting over. All right, ready? You peaked. All righty. In high school. There it is. First of all, I peaked in college. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the newest comic duo, Davis, a dabbler in many disciplines with a voice that can soothe and persuade. Mike, a fanatical specialist with a mouth like a bullhorn, fueled by strong opinions and a compulsion to share them, with microphones and comics in hand, they are Jacks of Dreams. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Davis, and I'm Greg, and this is a very special episode of Jacks of Trades. On Jacks of Trades, we read, review, and rate trade paperbacks and graphic novels by major and indie comic publishers. We're not experts in any way, shape, or form, we just like hanging out and talking about comics. How are you doing today, Greg?
2: I'm doing great, Davis. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm very glad
1: you're here, <laughs> sir. Is your
2: coffee all right? Is the AC fine? Oh, you, you know, I look, the great thing is I control the strength of my coffee and how much energy I want to put into our ac so. oh fantastic
1: that's a great thing about <laughs> life and a great thing about having air conditioning. cutting edge journalism here y'all 100 so we have some very special guests with us today allow me to introduce the first issue club uh, they're like the breakfast club with 100 percent less ali sheedy <laughs> although we wish we had more of her but yeah that's absolutely correct
3: less dandruff too don't forget
1: oh yeah oh that, god that, that seems that is, so uh, gross oh mm, yeah you're right <laughs> You're right. So, we ha- again, as I said, we have the First Issue Club with us today. So, uh, First Issue Clubbers, introduce yourselves. Tell tell us a little bit about yourselves. We normally like to have an uh, origin story about how you uh, got into comic books in general. So, if you guys want to just talk about yourselves, this is your platform.
0: <laughs> oh, my favorite thing <laughs> to do, actually. Uh, well, my name is Greg Liktai. Um I have been with First Issue Club since its inception two years ago. And my intro to comic books was actually the Sunday comics you get in the newspaper. I would uh, lay them out on the floor like a big uh, rug and just lay on them and read them. And then that kind of fueled my interest into conventional comic books like X-Men and Spider-Man and uh, Batman and all that. And it's been uh, uh, kind of a, a typical story from there. I've been collecting for 10, 15
1: years and haven't really looked back. Awesome, awesome. So like Sunday Comics, were you more of like a Calvin Hobbes, a Foxtrot, Hagar the Horrible? Yeah, so I leaned in heavily
0: to Calvin Hobbes and Foxtrot and Family Circus. And um, I didn't really – like the older ones like Beetle Bailey and Marmaduke, those were okay. But the (laughs) the newer ones were great. For better or for worse was always too heavy for me. There was always some weird shit going on in that comic book.
2: I remember when Pearls Before Swine came out, and that was like kind of – one of the only reasons i kept driving me to read the like daily and sunday comics i was like i, I was like yeah, i read them a little bit as a kid but i remember pearls before swine kind of giving yeah. me that uh far side and calvin and Hobbes* sensation a little bit
0: mm-hmm. well like it was crazy that comic strip i don't even know if that guy liked comic strips he was so just <laughs> angsty and just <laughs> it was all meta really
2: stuff c- about how much he hates himself and his work
0: <laughs> yeah oh my god it was super funny but yeah he kind of brought some life back to the to the sunday pa- uh, newspaper comics and um what was the one with uh, the the cat and the dog satchel and um it
3: oh god months. damn All it
0: right. get fuzzy get oh. fuzzy yes <laughs> that <laughs> was another great one but yeah i mean it, it that's what fueled it really just those those colorful pictures in, in the sunday paper
3: were you a zits man
0: Zitz was, <laughs> yeah well Zitz was like when i was like
3: it was a little a teenager yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: like it, it kind of came out the same time I was experiencing my first zits. So
2: <laughs> yeah, it was like less funny and just somewhat relatable.
1: Yeah, I I have large feet and also used to wear uh, open button-down shirts. So my grandma every single time she would see one, she's like, "Oh, that's you, Davis," and just cut it out <laughs> and put it on the fridge or send or or like give it to me to put it on our fridge. Yeah, Lovely. my,
0: my grandma chance. did the same thing. I, I think I basically have the entire Sunday paper cut out and mailed to me by my grandmother when I was uh, <laughs> in high school. So I, I didn't even need to buy the paper because I knew it was going to get mailed to me. <laughs> so that's me.
3: I am Caitlin Morosic. I have also been with First Issue Club since we started, but I have been um, much newer to comics in general. I, I think I started with Archie Double Digest in grocery stores, just nice taking it... Reading it and following my mom around until she eventually was like, "Do you want to just buy that so we can take it home because we're done here?" Um, you would
0: read it in the store. Oh yeah, that's oh. That's, that's that's stealing. Yeah, looking, that's, but that's a we ended move. up
3: buying it. I I also worked at a bookstore and would constantly just shirk my responsibilities and be back in in a corner just somewhere reading. <laughs> and you were fired bad? from that job. I wasn't no, um, but so with comics, I that was my first introduction and then. Um, probably madman more of the independence like the Inda uh, saga scud. stuff like that yeah scud oh yeah
1: oh i love scud yeah yeah <laughs> he's great yeah I'm tr- we I- just
3: got a trade um so, was it prime day or something yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. big sale and so we stocked up on a bunch of trades and scud was definitely among those
1: oh you got the whole shebang uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yep nice Nice. You no, know, there. Uh, who was it? Uh, Rob Schraub is actually trying to do a full colorized version of Scud for. Um, that be, uh,
3: yeah, that would be fantastic. Is this
2: Scud the disposable
3: assassin?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got it. I yeah.
0: wonder if colorizing it would take away some of the charm of the book. You know it, what I mean?
3: It could because it does have that gangster feel, where it's kind of it kind of makes sense for it mm-hmm. to be a little bit in in pieces like that. Mm-hmm. But I wonder. I'm, I'm sure if he's got a vision for it, it would end up turning out great.
0: I'm surprised it hasn't become like an Adult Swim cartoon show
1: uh, already. Oh, wow, that's really good... I mean, I think the, uh, I think the, the Sega Genesis game kind of ruined that because I don't, I don't think we're getting a 7-Up uh, Cool Spot uh, you know show anytime soon. But uh, yeah, the black and white reminds me there was a uh, joke in the original Scott Pilgrim where he's talking to Ramona, he's like, is that the natural color of your hair? She's like, sure, why not? And then when they colorized it, it's purple. It was like, this joke works a lot better in the black and white version. Yes. Yes, exactly. Awesome. So today, our wonderful guest, we're going to be doing a little bit of a change. We're doing our regular style of drinking issues, except we're just going to be doing things a la first issue club style by just doing the first issue of... Jane Foster, Valkyrie. So excited. Yeah. Woo! Mm Mm-hmm. Greg and uh, the former co-host, Michael, have been huge fans of Jason Aaron's Thor run. Uh, They've gotten everything Thor, Mighty Thor, uh, Impenetrable Thor, uh, Thor, (laughs) the Thor... Thor,
2: God of Thunder, Mighty Thor. Two Thors and a baby. (laughs) Two and a half Thors.
0: It oh. is a Ooh, there actually
2: is a trade called Thor's. Oh, <laughs> uh, have you read that though? It's incredible. It's wild. It's, it's like, like a, a crazy show. buddy cop murder <laughs> mystery nonsense.
0: I love it. It's and I do so love good. how it
2: ties into the canon of the War Thor. And I, I, I won't get yeah. too off the rails there, but like they actually take this absurd story and it's integral to mm-hmm. the end of the Jane Foster Thor run. It's like critical to the story.
0: Yeah, I think it just speaks to how brilliant Jason Aaron is. But he's a Kansas City boy, so of course we're gonna stand him. <laughs>
1: but oh, I I I personally love Jason Aaron. Uh, I'm waiting for the next bit of his Southern Bastards to come out right now. It is just a uh, as people living in the South that grew up with high school football and barbecue, it is an absolute masterpiece of comic bookery.
0: So, yeah, I was curious about that because we live in the Midwest and we all love Southern bastards. But was that like a pretty accurate portrayal of the Southern community and just ha- how it revolves around football? I mean, some Southern communities. I some, imagine. Yeah, some Southern
1: <laughs> communities like I, uh, I, I grew up in Texas. It still runs true in a lot of you know, Southern towns where football is the pretty much only commodity a lot of these towns have.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: I think my mom and I described Friday Night Lights to try to get her to watch the TV show, which, if y'all haven't, is absolutely brilliant. Um, it's great. Oh, it's it's beautiful. I like it's yeah. cry worthy. The first episode is probably <laughs> one of the most emotional roller coasters I've ever been on. And uh, but I told my mom I I kind of pitched the show to her, and she's like, "Greg, I don't need to watch it. I lived it." Because she's from like deep Southwest <laughs> Texas. She's from like Kingsville. People in Texas don't know where that is. Like <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like near the Rio Grande. Population of like ten thousand people. Like this is like. Turbo football country.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the only place that has Turbo automatic football, sprinklers. The only place that has automatic sprinklers is the football field, just to make sure it is watered and green for everybody. Yeah, <laughs>
0: only all water is diverted is the to football them, football. so the grass stays nice and green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess we can
2: dive right into Valkyrie, huh? We can oh, uh, kind of. I mean, at least the field is green. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: well, because this is. Technically, a drinking issue. Yes. For our podcast, uh, we like to have a beer or drink paired with this one. I guess I'll I'll go first with my Jane Foster Valkyrie. I have. Because I had a lot of trouble with this. I had a lot of trouble too. There's no, There's surprisingly not enough Viking Valkyrie or Norse stuff, oriented right? beers nowadays. But I got Ale Storm. It's a 5.1 percent alcohol by volume. It's from the Nebraska Brewing Company. It's a golden, beautifully rich, aromatic, low, bitter, something like that. But Ale Storm, uh, we just got done with this Ale Storm that has been everything happening (laughs) with the War of Realms. Uh, Everything has kind of just shifted. And then now, after the dust has settled, Jane Foster has become the Valkyrie. So the Ale Storm is done. And we now have a champion emerged as the Valkyrie. It's
2: like because they already they're already pushing like they're they're going for hailstorm. They're already pushing the accent thing. But if you push it a little further, ale storm you get a whole different storm. Yeah. Oh lord, it's one of them storms.
1: It's full of ale. So let me give this a little it's kind quick. Of the yawl of storms. They. Uh, it's one of those cans where you pop the entire top of it out. This it's is, great. This is new. Hold to on. me. Oh, I love that. It's not very sharp. It's a little dull. It's got some uh, some fruity notes to it all. Uh... It's good. Yeah, it is. Base. There's a tornado with a baseball bat through its face as a nose. That might be a minor league team in Nebraska. I'm not too sure, but uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh. So it's it's an okay beer. It's an okay beer.
2: Let's get one of our guests, huh? What what, what y'all cracking today?
0: Uh, We have a 1964 Chardonnay chilling uh, (laughs) in the bucket next to us, and two hams. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
2: Actually, we have uh, a fine two... charcuterie board to match. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> the chandelier repairman's here and he broke some crystal. So we're going to have to figure that out. But
1: we're very rich. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, well, you're in an actual real recording studio. So that's that, that, that's great. Not just, you know, Greg's careful. Wonderful <laughs> home studio, home of in-depth media, a international conglomerate of podcasting, colloquials, and everything. I don't know. I'm, lo- I'm losing it at this point.
2: <laughs> so so, what you got? What's the beer we got rocking today?
0: Uh, we have some Casey Bierko uh, deer beer. It's a, a dry hopped <laughs> farmhouse ale. You're going to learn pretty quickly that I don't know how to pronounce words uh, I like at it. All. I like, I, I deer, like the. Bower.
3: Uh, Bauer, I think.
1: Yeah. First German. of all, I like deer beer a lot, though. That's deer just, beer? It's just a really good <laughs> thing for a beer.
3: <laughs> it's got good antlers.
0: <laughs> Farmhouse ales are very popular in the Kansas City Midwest area. So, I believe it. Awesome.
2: So I got one more for us. I have Great Raft Brewings. This is why we can't have nice things. Because as <laughs> we're going to learn in this story, the reason we can't have nice things like cool technology. Oh, God, it's overfizzing. Uh, the reason we can't have nice things is because of bad people. So the story will become very apparent why I picked this uh, beer. I just don't want to spoil quite yet.
0: How's it taste? Uh, well, I'm dealing with an
2: overfizz here. This thing was a little overcarbonated. Uh, great raft. You, you, you let me down here. Uh, it
0: might be because They're it's so warm. They're a great So it's, um, well, it's kind of true to its name. Yeah, there you go. A <laughs>
2: over. 9% ABV bourbon barrel aged barley wine. Um, Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, this is how we roll, dude. So um, that sounded so pretentious, Jesus, dude. Christ. It's, it's past. I no- hate myself for saying that. It's
1: past noon. We're allowed to drink. It's fine.
2: And so uh, it's kind of nice. It's nice little fruity notes. It's a little uh, got a slight sour hint. It's nice. Um, mm. I'm a big fan of sours and bourbon barrels, so it kind of strikes a lot of check boxes for me. And uh, I would say I'm gonna give a nice little full sip here.
0: It's nice. Me gusta yeah, the sour scene just hit Kansas City about a year and a half ago, so nice. we have been indulging in sour beers quite often. Wonderful.
1: Absolutely wonderful. You have a lot of good uh, farm commodities out there to make sour beers with, so that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, I know this is quite a long wind-up, so I guess we can dive into the issue now. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, if, let's Unless roll. anyone has anything else they want to want to hit before we get rolling.
1: Nope, let's do this. Yee. Okay, so... Jane Foster, Valkyrie, uh, Jason Aaron, and Al Ewing. Ewing? Ewing? Same thing. Uh, artists uh, is done by Kafu, the Carlos Alberto Fernandez Urbano. Uh, the color artist is Jesus Ubertoff. Uh, lettering and production is done by VCs Joe Sabino. And the cover artist was uh, Mahmoud Asrar and Matthew Wilson. Just kind of getting things going. Uh, in the beginning... Uh, We've got uh, old old Jane Foster kind of uh, becoming Valkyrie, kind of on her first, you know, one of her first beats that she's running throughout the city, kind of being this Valkyrie character.
2: Right, we're getting a lot of fun seeing her, like, poke around her new powers, and we're encountering this, like, super goofy rollerblade gang who's trying really hard to not look as lame as they are. Uh, we, at least that's how I would describe it.
3: <laughs> yeah. When we fir- when I first cracked it open, Greg was like, is she fighting the Power Rangers right now? And I was like, yeah. Kind of, with
0: rollerblades. They look like, like a Halo knockoff characters. I mean, these are just oh, kind of weirdo looking dudes. But
2: I yeah. love the contrast. Like what they're doing is actually still like they could be incredibly dangerous if they were slightly more competent.
0: Which goes for like any like rogue gallery of villains that most superheroes have. Like you have the villains that actually are going to cause
1: some trouble and then you have a gang of idiots that have no idea what they're doing. I, uh, I really like red line only because he says red line and that's his only <laughs> line that he ever has. Just red line, red line, red line.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Even when they're bringing him back into the car where everyone's, um, like basically getting booked and arrested, he's just like, red line.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, like a Smurf. Group.
2: And so what's happening, right, is the after a successful heist prior, um, it uh, was the leader of the gang again. I forgot his name. It was a uh, uh, Blue Streak. Blue Streak. <laughs> Blue Streak after was the uh, able...
1: after the famous movie with Martin Lawrence, where he has to break Gosh, into a police, up. it's yeah, <laughs> lying a weird tie in, but I loved it. <laughs>
2: so, so Blue Streak has outfitted a bunch of his cronies with similar outfits and rollerblades, and they've got weapons that are left over from the War of the Realms, which is very, very critical to the story here. So Jane Foster is like, yeah, I gotta deal with you know baddies doing crimes. But these weapons are actually, like, highly highly dangerous, one of which is the instant kill dark elf crossbow.
1: Yeah, did not know that the dark elf crossbow was like, oh yeah, it never misses this target and it kills anything in the one shot. It is the golden gun from GoldenEye. And,
2: like, they're silly and they're goofy, but this guy, like, fired a lethal weapon at her. Like, these guys are clearly something that have to be dealt with, even if there's this funny contrast of their goofiness and what they're carrying. Right. Yeah,
0: There's nothing more dangerous than a powerful weapon in the hands of an idiot. Because I mean, they, they have no idea what they're doing and they're just going to kill somebody.
3: But I thought that was a good, um, good contrast to her as she's like learning more. She knows just enough about her new capabilities to also be a little dangerous because yes. she doesn't fully have control over them. So I thought that was... She's just so much more capable and conscientious about the power that she wields. So it was a nice contrast right. from her to these... Guys.
2: And I kind of like how, didn't they say that Und, uh, uh the, the all-weapon, um, what's it called? Yeah, Und, I believe. No, uh, Undrejarn? yarn yeah. yeah. So, the all-weapon, it's only as strong as it needs to be in the moment, right? Like, it doesn't inflict lethal force if not necessary, right? It kind of has its own, in the same way Mjolnir almost has, like, a sentience to it, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, which is kind of a, a weird thing to to think about. Like, the weapon knows how, how much to give and how much to 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 hold back.
1: Yeah. And becomes Wings for some reason. Right. I love it. Because why not? Comic books. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So after this uh, brief little scuffle with the Fast Five, uh, then later with the joke was come back whenever you guys are the Furious Seven. Ha ha. We've seen movies. (laughs) We get it. Um, The gold guy. Who is the uh, the gold gold rush. gold rush? The Gold Power Ranger uh, has Brunhilda's sword, a uh, another thing that's stolen from Dragonfang. Fang. Dragon Fang stolen from this War of Realms that happened. Uh, he. Darts off into an alley, he escapes from it, uh somebody trips him, and then they stab him with it, and he's dead. So,
2: literally murdered in a back alley by a dumpster. Like, this thing has 180 yeah. so fast.
0: <laughs> by the weapon you stole. I mean, that doesn't get any worse than that. It, it,
2: I just, like, literally, I, I read that scene, I went, whoa, okay, this is where we're going. <laughs> Got it. It's kind of like a did y'all see Kick Ass, the, yeah. b- the movie, in the beginning when he's doing his first fight, and the dude just shanks him. And you're like, oh, what? (laughs) Oh, we're
0: going here. Okay.
1: Uh. I
3: did did think it was weird as she was leading up to, like, she was verbally saying, like, oh, I have to save these people or chase this sword. There was a lot of inner monologuing about that that led me to think something's about to happen. She's not going to be able to get this sword. And that was Mm -hmm. a primary goal. Very telegraphed. In some ways. Yeah.
1: Very. So after this kerfuffle, she has to return to work because, well, Jane Foster is a doctor. Like, you got to pay Dr. your bills. Thor. So, doc, doc Thor has <laughs> to pay her bills. So, obviously, she's got to go to work. Her supervisor's not a big fan of that. It's like, you're late, blah, 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 this and that. Uh, you know, we all thought you were going to die because previously she did have cancer. Yeah. As mm-hmm. well as that was been purged from her, cured from her, everything else like that. Well, it's in remission. It's That's in important. remission right now. So... Uh, as a punishment, she sends her to the morgue unit where Jane Foster is now uh, not mortician Thor, but uh, morgue assistant Thor. She sees ye old uh, booster gold, gold boost, gold rush. There we go. That's the guy's name. She sees old gold rush sitting on the slab. She recognizes the wound in his chest that killed him as being dragon fang. And now the mystery is afoot more so. After.
0: Also, what's up with that dude not hearing her come into the room? Like, uh, is he that deep in thought? I think he's just like because I think he's just become like desocialized.
2: Like he's just mm-hmm. it's it's like a trope you see in TV too, right? Like we don't get a lot of visitors down here. <laughs> you ever yeah, seen
3: the someone's scrubs? usually <laughs> eating over a dead body? Like, yeah, no, I don't, don't understand social mores anymore. Yeah,
1: right? <laughs> I mean, no no one down there really listens to you. So like you know, there's no no point in paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> probably, got, like, probably has his AirPods in listening to, you know, podcasts while he's, you know. Yeah, exactly. Cutting up bodies. Now,
2: one thing I want to mention really quickly about the scene that gets her in the morgue that that's interesting is that we saw this theme in the Thor arc, too, um, was that she keeps seeing this large responsibility. Like, I have to save people. I have to do these things. But, like, she neglects her own self. And the, the thing that was a very interesting back and forth with her and Thor in the books was she was like. I need to save the realms, and he goes, well, you're no good to anybody if you're dead, and there's this kind of underlying message of losing Jane Foster, not even just like you literally die, but like you lose yourself, and she had this whole thing about like I could just be this forever. I don't have to be Jane Foster, right? And we see this a little bit with the Valkyrie when she opens the doors to Valhalla, and she talks about, she remarks how, the god speak just naturally comes from her and how this transformation doesn't just seem to be powers she says this physically changes me and she the last thought is she goes um what she put the original valkyrie took over a human body dot 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 and then it ends that thought process i really think this is going to be critical as we go on like not that i'm having a hot take here but throughout jane foster's arc and all the stories she's been in it's been this whole arc of like do I become the hero or my Jane Foster and this back and forth and she can't quite land where she needs to. And now we're literally dealing with a Valkyrie lore of taking over a person. I've, I'm very curious to see where that goes in the story.
0: Yeah. Where do you think it's headed?
2: I don't know. I I'm, I'm very recent to comics in the past two to three years. And so yeah. I, uh, my hot takes quote unquote are harder to latch on to at this point. Cause I, I feel like I'm missing a lot of pieces of the puzzle uh, but I think that just the way it was written, and as y'all were saying earlier, uh, Caitlin, you were saying that she kept talking about how important the sword is, how important the sword is. You're like, okay, you're, this is clearly important. <laughs> like, so I'm kind of getting that uh, impression. I thought it would be worth remarking on as we move forward.
3: Yeah, it was kind of cute the way she was like, "How does Spider-Man make this work? Oh, how, yeah. do I do? how do I balance my how life? How am I?" Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. The answer is he doesn't. He can barely keep a roof <laughs> over his head.
1: <laughs> yeah. Roof over his head, he relationship, job. his aunt yeah. alive, any of that. He's he's just failing on all fronts on his personal end. Peter Parker's and a, he,
3: He's yeah, a hot and mess. He's not a medical doctor either. Like I would assume that that's a little yeah. harder of a day job to keep up.
1: <laughs> hmm Yeah. I do think one of my uh, one of my favorite lines is the line from Brune It's just a Thor's a god. Valkyrie is a job.
2: Yes. I I yeah. loved that part.
0: Caitlin and I was talking about that in the car and how important that role was and how powerful it was that she just acknowledged that just like, yeah, Thor's great and all, but like Valkyrie, like you never, you're never done being Valkyrie. Like you don't get a day off, really.
3: Yeah. And I don't know if you guys are going to talk about the scene with the Hall of the the Dead, but um, she she also is just talking about the fact that it is more of a responsibility and so much more that she almost tells her to let go of the sword. Doesn't she? she like does. She's like, don't worry about that because you have so much more you have to deal with now. Well, she says you should and you must, right? Isn't that, is yeah. that the
2: words? She's like, you must let go of the sword. Yeah, And I kind of get the sense that Valkyrie, oh god, I just noticed something in the frame. Sorry, at the point where Brent Hill's holding the, um, the butterfly, you see in her eyes the skull bubble thing that we learn later. Yeah. Oh wow!
3: Yeah, I wow. did notice
2: Spoiler that. Spoiler
1: alert, Greg Jesus!
2: Well, it's in the comic right now. We learn more <laughs> about it later. It's clear as day in her eyes. But uh, the uh, <laughs> but what I think is interesting is that as as um, I think she's kind of describing like the role of say the Watchers or the um, the Seers in the Knowers or Heimdall, mm-hmm. right? Like Heimdall could go around fighting crime and kicking ass too, but that's not his role. Like, he has, like, a place in the universe, and she's almost implying that, like, the Valkyries are heroes, but they're also not beat cops. Like, you chasing that sword is not as important as your larger responsibility as a Valkyrie. What would that exactly means, I don't think we know yet,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but she's clearly implying there's more to Valkyrie.
0: Right, which is why I'm kind of excited about this book, because I hope it explores that in depth a little bit more. To give this character a little more uh, uh, backstory and a little more uh, meat to the to the character, yeah, it's
2: not just following another superhero. I like the idea; yeah. that she's almost like a cog in the wheel of like the universe. It's you're, exactly you're, you have a you're a pillar, right. As opposed to like a force that runs through it.
1: Speaking, one hundred percent agree. Hmm. Well, speaking of Heimdall, uh, that's who she meets up with next. She gets there because uses all sight to try to find this damn sword they're looking for. Then she sees she has a weird Valk eyes, Valkar eyes, Valk vision. Is that what we're calling it? Or, you know, Valk sight, whichever. Uh, She can see these weird floating orbs over everyone's head that kind of shows their uh, mortality. Like the bigger it is, the closer they are to death. Then she looks at Heimdall and the orb is huge And there's a giant skull in there with its mouth agape. And as she notices that, Heimdall is stabbed through the chest by Dragonfang, being held by the one, the only, fucking Bullseye. (laughs) Wait, that should be his official name, fucking Bullseye. (laughs) Like, what an ass. Like, you, dude, your whole thing is that you throw things. Now you have a sword. Well, are you going to throw the sword and, and have it boomerang back to you? And a flying steed. And a flying steed. Well, dude, come on, man. Like, w- 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 what are you doing with your life right now? Um, <laughs> Whatever the fuck he wants. He's I'm magic. I, people. Say, yeah, he's, yeah, he's I magic.
2: I'd be doing exactly that. Why are you
1: complaining about it? <laughs> Jesus. Um, so I will say... Uh, this book came out on Wednesday because this is the first issue club and y'all try to get things out. Uh, on the day this book came out, Mike sent me the last four pages of this book with me not knowing what was happening and then it <laughs> cool. was just a I read it and I was like, dude, you you know I'm picking this book up today to read this for the podcast. He's like, oh, <laughs> my bad. My
3: God. <laughs> couldn't have waited until thir- Thursday even? I don't, just one day.
2: Yep. Mike just assumes we're not going to read the things he tells us to, because in general, the best advice in life is to not do what Mike tells you to do. Oh,
1: uh, okay. Well, kind of. I, 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 I can't. No, I, I can't. I can't say that because he's he's led me pretty pretty he's well. Your boss. In there. Absolutely. Uh,
0: yeah. There's implications there.
1: The only the only other thing I need to say about this book before we go into uh, you know talking in depth about things is the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse ad they have on the next page. It's available at Hot Topic. Why do they have random things in? I think Japanese on the T-shirt. Uh, mm-hmm. marketing. I mean, I guess <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. I I don't know what it even says. It could say like this looks like, like generic kanji. Yeah, it looks like generic kanji. It could say like you know, uh, squid three ninety nine. I don't know, but it, it, anyway. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Uh, Caitlin was thinking maybe it was for. Penny Parker, but she's not even in the shirt. So
3: No, but Spider-Gwen's in there. You got a couple, but Spider-Ham's not... I mean, it's missing some cohesive elements, yeah. <laughs> to be sure.
1: It, it is definitely missing some arachnids. Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So, with this whole Valkyrie thing happening right now, there's a lot of great commentary with Jane's kind of evolution as a character happening. Because this is a I feel this is a her kind of accepting the role of Valkyrie because she's like, already has been experienced with being Thor, but it's her kind of realizing this new role that she has to play as far as maybe not exactly a hero, but more of like hero support being the Valkyrie warrior character.
0: Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of like a guardian now instead of just like the the main superhero. Mm-hmm. She's like a she's not really a supporting character, but. She plays a, a much different and I would say important role now because she's taken over the little minutia that those big uh, superheroes like Iron Man and Captain America and mm-hmm. Thor, they're like, they're like big, big picture guys now. And she has to take care of all the smaller details uh, like bullseye and a horse. Right. And it's interesting because the problems that she's dealing with and
2: maybe this will change. Maybe maybe the whole point here is that she's still just acting like she's Thor. Like I accidentally called her Dr. Thor earlier. I meant Dr. Valkyrie because I still see her as Thor. Dr. Valk. And, and I'm wondering if that's how she is. She's still operating as if she's Thor, but she needs to learn to play bigger picture like or not or not even bigger picture but like foundational, you know. And so I think that uh, I'm very curious to see if she's going this is her proper place. Like, she's supposed to deal with a serious threat, but that's not, like, the big baddie. Or if she's going to learn this is someone else's job, this is not your actual responsibility yet. I'm I'm, I'm not sure yet. I'm curious if that's what this lesson's going to be, is that she should not be fighting Bullseye.
3: She is, like, the, the three-eyed raven at this point. Yeah, that's like, a yeah, really good description, that actually. Is good. Yeah. She's just... She's gonna have to because they were talking about how the Valkyrie were like ushers of death and, and people who could kind of choose um, Who to usher and and kind of that whole thought and now she's seeing the deaths of people or um, In bullseye's cases that doesn't have one So she's kind of able to see like you're not that threat right now Or you are that threat because we don't know how you're gonna be vanquished and you're clearly a problem so she might just take more of that like chaos coordinator type role or hmm. just use that knowledge to kind of say, worry about this or worry about yourselves or, you know, yeah. try to... She's
0: learning to prioritize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she can drive herself crazy
2: trying to deal with every single death bubble she sees.
3: Yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: And a question about that is, can she look in the mirror with that vision and see what I her own... I bet you money
2: we're going to see that. I didn't think about that and I'm like, I bet you we're going to see if she's going to try.
1: That is an, I don't know if I would do that.
0: <laughs> terrifying.
1: Dude, that is absolutely in like a end of the arc issue number six or issue that's number like five thing question. that happens yeah like it's just exactly. she just like sits there and then that's the next arc just her watching this bubble constantly shrink and inflate every single time she looks in a mirror oh, that would be awesome oh my god <laughs> uh, it'd probably be like tied to her cancer that's in remission
0: that's or what i was thinking oh, it could Lord. be even
3: more like morbid Ooh. and like upsetting
1: Ooh, that's just oh, that's we should write for
0: marvel i felt
3: so proud of my should. notes yeah. on this thinking
2: i was so thorough and y'all are just dropping like Bomb after bomb, I'm like, God! How did I not even think of that?
0: That's, That's such why a we good love question. talking with people about comic books because it's just so much fun. You get different perspectives from everyone, mm-hmm. and like, we're learning stuff from you, and it, it's it's a fucking great time talking about <laughs> comic books. <laughs>
2: um, so, what do what do you alls like? General impressions, like, what do what do y'all think of this arc? What do y'all think of the artwork? What do you think of the story? Like, what
0: what are your what are your impressions? Um. Well, so I'll say from the get go, the artwork is unparalleled. This is a beautiful mm-hmm. book. Page to page, it is Cover just... Cover as well. Oh my god, like...
2: That first and, frame know,
0: of her flying down? Ugh. Oh my god, yeah. Dude, Marvel's known for having way too many variant covers. Uh, but they're all gorgeous, and like when they look this beautiful, I don't give a fuck if there's 80 <laughs> of them.
3: Take my money!
0: But, um, yeah, I, I thought this was like... So, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jane Foster has always been chosen for these roles. I mean, Molnier chose her. This Valkyrie position, it chose her. Like I would be so frustrated and tired of just being chosen to like be better than the role that I that I want to settle for. So I I really want this uh, overarching valkyrie story to be just like her being like i don't want to do this anymore i just want to go home and eat potato chips and watch netflix (laughs) well that's what i'm kind of curious about is is her whole character is about
2: self-sacrifice right like she mm -hmm. the thing is most characters have to learn like you have to be responsible for other people but she's always been about self-sacrifice to a fault so that's what i want to know is what is going to be her fatal flaw like what is what is it and i brunt hill's the only one who seems to be cluing into it
1: hubris Mm -hmm humorous is her
2: fault. <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of cut you off there, Caitlin. You're going to say something.
3: No, you're good. I, I was going to say something. I mean, similar to what you guys are saying, just, but even in her inner monologue toward the beginning, she's, she's kind of said that her alternative was to die. So mm-hmm. when you look, when you look at it, it's either, it's either that, like I could have died and I've stared death in the face. So I can't just go home and sit on a couch because that's not enough. And mm-hmm. that was my alternative, and I didn't want that.
1: Right. Yeah.
3: So I think for her, like, self, self-sacrifice is the only way she knows how to operate. And maybe that's oh, comfortable.
0: Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Oof.
3: So she's not, like, downtrodden about it because she's like, this is good. This is Well, I've this got is the fun. sentence this in front of me I think
2: you're talking about, right? It says, when you've stared death in the face, life is enough. When you've stared death in the face, it's not. I needed more, and so she's like living the kind of like you become appreciative, and you also like in some ways you think I should live a humble existence now, and a party's also like, but how can I?
3: Right, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> right. Literally, the and duality I mean, is right there.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and once you get a taste of having superpowers, I would think you
1: probably <laughs> get a, addicted to it. Oh, absolutely! It's it's it, it's better than heroin, what I've heard. Well, what
2: did she tell Fraser when she said, "What's it like?" And she goes, "I must, it must be unbelievable." And she goes, "Not even close," and just flies off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! I, I think there is something a lot of fun going back to this. Uh, her being an not an ancillary, but a, kind of a combat support character. Uh, hmm. Not 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 a smaller character, but the fact that she's talking to one of my favorite organizations in Marvel, uh, Damage Control. Oh, yes. that's right. They they, yes. uh, the fact that she has a friend named Lisa that's part of Damage Control. Um, I don't know why I like Damage Control. I think they're kind of like why I like the Inhumans because no one gives a shit about them. Um, (laughs) And they just kind of roll with it. It's like, no, this is these people that after everything that happens, after, you know, Iron Man comes in, you know, uses his repulsor blasters and knocks some things down and he stands in front of the American flag and everyone takes the picture. It's it's like, okay, all right, time (laughs) to, time to, you know, clean up everybody. Damage control, go on. Who's going to
0: rebuild this Taco Bell, (laughs) (laughs) goddammit?
1: So I, I I exactly. So I think that might be like a good early parallel to kind of show where Jane might be going within this whole Valkyrie role that she's playing right now.
0: Yeah, you'd think she's going to be like playing cleanup and taking care of the m- little messier problems that the quote unquote bigger superheroes don't have time to handle. Well,
3: but maybe those are the strings that are leading to bigger messes and she knows yeah. that.
1: Ooh, That's very true. Yeah. I, I would just really also, hate to like I'm sorry.
0: No, I was going to say, Davis, to your point, this is the second time this week that damage control has been brought Mm -hmm. up in comic books because in Jonathan Hickman's House of X, damage control also plays a big role.
3: And they also have, like, IP from, like, Reed Richards and Tony Stark that they just, it keeps falling into their hands because they have to clean this stuff up, and it leads to them holding these, like, hugely important technology, so that's an interesting component. They're not just cleaning up messes anymore. Dude, yeah, so
0: you may be seeing more sort of damage story? control. Yeah. yeah, I really do. So, uh, it could be pretty interesting. I mean, uh... They could go, like, the Gotham Central route with it. It, it really could. I mean, because damage yeah. control the buildings have so much tech in there. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of fun. I, I'd love to see a look. Cause like, I, what was
2: it? Hank agent of shield or whatever. Like, I mean, agent of Hydra that was yes. like, Oh, oh yes. yes Bob. Was, or Bob or whatever, whatever his name was. But like One of them. the kind of humdrum of it was fun. And like, I'd love to see that, but with like a little weight and story to it. Cause that was comedic and very entertaining, but I'd love to see a damage control that like, like I said, like Gotham central, which was such a great look under the hood of the city mm-hmm. and like how these policemen deal day to day like with or without Batman, 90% of their existence doesn't even involve him. So right. Which like, is
0: yeah. a, a fun take to look at. And yeah, you're, you're absolutely right on that.
3: And what I would love is Jimmy Olsen is in Gotham right now, just through another story. And <laughs> If he is somehow going to be doing stories and exposing something like this with damage control in Gotham central, that would be.
1: Yeah. In, in the, in the DC
3: world. Yeah. yeah in yeah, the yeah. DC world. Like, mm.
1: No spoilers. I haven't listened to your one <laughs> on, uh, Collapser and Jimmy Olsen, friend of Superman yet. That's on my list. We haven't, spo- okay. haven't
0: sorry, spoiled sorry, anything. Sorry, sorry, okay. Sorry, but-
1: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, beyond everything that we've touched, picking apart this one issue, uh, do y'all have anything else where we want to go into the ratings? Um, No, just the fact that I love that she's
0: like, um, she, she, she didn't get an owner owner's manual for this new powers that she's kind of having to figure out yeah, so i'm liking notes that was fun to follow her learning the powers yeah it's super cool and like i just love how she's just kind of bumbling through it all and learning
1: as we're learning it as well so i hope they kind of continue that theme throughout the book like do you think her all weapon one day is just going to turn to like a gun and it's like yeah just cap this guy just just get it <laughs> done with I fucking hope so. How badass would it be? <laughs> Some giant machine
0: gun just appears and she starts laying waste.
2: Punisher just gets a hold of it and he's just like, Yeah, I'm not giving this back. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: See, I was
1: just hoping for like just a good gold plated forty-five, just like gangster style, like nope, one shot, that's all you need. There's only one bullet in it. That's all just just do it. <laughs> just zips through everyone. What if it
3: went like reverse and it was a slingshot? Like it's like you don't need to do anything with this person. <laughs> just
2: Is that a, a teddy bear, make them feel better and have have emotional support <laughs> yeah
1: uh, the all weapon nerf gun oh that'd be uh, it feels a long shot the sniper rifle that'd be fantastic it's uh, unjohn or nothing <laughs> <laughs> uh so but yeah, um, okay. I'm, i i'm i'm so sorry sir i keep on interrupting you you had something to say no
0: i didn't actually i was just uh i sometimes when i get nervous i just make noises <laughs> and <laughs>
1: Oh, no, don't worry. Me, too. I, just, I
0: am a big
2: celebrity.
1: I I, I just kind of start <laughs> talking at times. And like the Michael Scott meme, it's like, I don't know where my my sentence is going to end. It just starts, and I just kind of roll with it.
0: Oh, yeah. Relate to that
1: very much so. Mm-hmm. So, ratings. Uh, guests, I'm going to have y'all go first. Normally, we do a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, 1 being i wouldn't use this for toilet paper especially with the glossy papers and 10 being this is fantastic i want to frame it on my wall
0: um i'm gonna give it a solid eight solid eight okay yeah there uh i i i really love this book Uh, i'm not trying to say anything bad about it um i it's it could have had a stronger start but from what we got it um it definitely hooked me for the next probably three or four issues well outstanding outstanding
3: we don't um we I, I'm not usually um asked to think like in ratings style, just with the way our our show's format works. That's so totally this was fun. interesting and it kind of fun because kind of puts it into rate right with what I've read recently and just as first go to because we look at a lot of them. So kind of the format, the lead in and the hook for the second and ongoing series. I would put it at a solid seven. I think it was intriguing enough to keep me reading. Um had meat to it, but also had a couple of jokes, a couple of nods that I appreciated. Um, Aaron is writing humor. Uh, We've talked about this in in some earlier shows, like he's writing humor even better than he did before. And so I like to see some of that. And I also just tend to like that in my comic books in general. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I thought it was a good seven.
1: Well, awesome. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to go next. Uh, Greg, not the one sitting in front of me, but Greg, I agree. Eight. I really, really enjoyed this book. Uh, I have not been reading a lot of superhero-oriented books over the past couple of months, but this one has, well, minus the ones that we've had to do for the podcast, but this one right here has really kind of got me into this character. Uh, I will be continuing this and adding it to my poll list and everything, but this has just been a fun kind of break from the norm as far as the you know the kind of knowing what they're going to do superhero or even the teenage angsty i don't know what i'm doing so i guess i might (laughs) as well continue what i'm doing until someone older than me tells me what to do superhero (laughs) so this has been uh this has been wonderful uh eight out of ten check it out other greg um i'm gonna go with a nine I was very self conscious about doing a nine.
2: I actually thought about this a lot because I went, Am I being biased because it's Jason Aaron? Am I being biased because (laughs) I recently reread this? Am I like, I really tried to sit back and go, Is this honestly a nine to me? And I basically forced myself to justify it. And the three things I really jotted down was I said, The journey of learning about her powers with her wasn't just like kind of entertaining, which is that's actually usually my favorite parts of a superhero movie. But to be honest, like, I loved seeing that she's not Thor. But she's also not just some jacked-up variant of an Asgardian. It's very clear that she's something unique, and I like that a lot. And I found learning was more fun that way. I also thought that the tonal shift from the goodies versus the baddies, literally guys on rollerblades, to brutal murder in a back alley was masterful. Mm -hmm. I love stuff like that. That just grabs me so quickly anything that takes a comedic backdrop like that, like Bojack Horseman, Bojack Horseman is an absurd setting. Most people lean on it as examples for good reason, but it's like the darkness is so much more piercing as a result. Oh yeah. And so right. the last thing being that one thing that's tough for me as a newer comic reader, I would say it's less honest for me to say that cause I've been reading more and more over time, but it's hard to jump into something with a lot of backdrop. And I think that this comic is so efficient. It, it, in a really quick monologue in the beginning as well as through some random monologue throughout the issue as well as the scene in Valhalla it's moving the story while also giving you context like just the amount you need and i right. think that the ability to be so efficient while still having fun it doesn't just feel like a build up episode or a setup I I just really liked it. And I think Jane Foster is such a nuanced character. She's so clearly on display and beloved by Jason Aaron. And I think this issue was no different. And so I think that the, the last story ended with it saying, Jason, you know, she refused to die because her story was far from over and this issue was fully indicative of it. So as much as I hate myself for saying it's a nine in some ways and like feel like of course i would i just don't feel ever like it, feel bad for that well you know what i mean I just feel like it checks a lot of boxes <laughs> uh, and the artwork was also stunning so like i just can't find a lot of complaints i don't give it a quite a 10 because there was fair bit of exposition and as cool as the action was it wasn't quite bombastic yet but you also aren't gonna you know climax in issue one you gotta build up the story a little bit Absolutely. so you know i think we're a little bit of a distance from a, a strong 10 yet
1: so the, yeah. the, it's I, it's funny that you mentioned BoJack Horseman, because this kind of reminds me of, like, an idea that we had for a podcast where we were just going to go ish episode by episode and talk about kind of these same similar themes with sure. BoJack Horseman.
0: Right. <laughs> that would be a very depressing, at times, uh, <laughs> podcast about BoJack Horseman.
1: Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> uh.
2: But, yeah, I think it seems like everyone here thought this was damn good. Like, I know we don't do the buy, borrow, pass, but I think anyone who's listening to this, you even have a remote inclination or interest in this, you should definitely check out issue one. I think – do we all agree with that?
0: Absolutely. Oh,
3: 100%. Absolutely. Don't read it in the store like I used to do with Archie, but <laughs> just get it. You know? <laughs> just get it. You won't regret it. That's
0: right. And Give- from a spin out from More of the Realms, th- this book should have been way more confusing, but you were right, uh, Greg. It just streamlined – the story and mm-hmm. made sure that you weren't fucking confused because you should have been <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm just really glad because uh, I, I read Silver Surfer Black then I listened to your episode about it and there are far too many of the little asterisks where it's like a check out issue blank. Yeah, like, check out as uh-huh. check out as Guardians of the Galaxy number three check out Guardians of the Galaxy number one for this one check out war that's like dude I don't have time for all of this just,
3: <laughs> just tell me what's
1: happening right now
3: if you have to tell me right now, it's too late. Mm-hmm. It's too
0: yeah. late. You have 32 pages. Tell me in the 32 pages, please. And it's like, like War of the Realms was
2: smart with that because they did that a tiny bit, but they mostly had the chart in the book being like, look, if you want to go bonkers and read everything related to War of the Realms, here's everything.
0: Oh,
1: God. <laughs> yes. And I did go bonkers, so. Hell oh, yeah. yeah, you did. It's, it's like our former co-host, Michael Allen Durrett, Uh, went and read every single Civil War issue. That's an undertaking.
2: Yes. He was working on that for like a few months, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, he read everything that tied into the original Civil War and kind of lost his love for Civil War by reading everything about Civil War.
3: Really? Wow. Uh That makes sense, though. It becomes more of a chore.
1: Yes, yes. From what I recall, his favorite thing was the Wolverine Civil War tie-in, in in which it's just Wolverine like rolling across the country trying to find Nitro to kill him for starting all this shit to begin with. (laughs) So it's just a a normal uh, (laughs) uh, uh, cross-country road trip with Wolverine. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Wolverine, hunter, tracker, assassin.
3: Really pissed. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) All the time. Probably call you bub.
1: (laughs) Yeah, most likely. So Thank you very much. First issue club again. First issue club. They're like the Breakfast Club with 100 percent less Ali Sheedy or Dandruff. Um, We're working on that. <laughs> what the Dandruff or the Alishidi? Both. We've we've put out calls to both camps. Good. Camp uh, Camp Dandruff. Might I might I recommend? <laughs> Uh, Anything involving tea tree shampoo, its worked for me in the past and or head and or shoulders with the almond in it. It's good stuff.
0: I do use head and or shoulders. Oh, excuse me there on that last word. Uh,
3: These deer beers have really gotten you.
1: Oh, the deer beers. Good stuff. So where can all of our listeners find you and your wonderful media that you put out?
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having us on. This was a lot of fun. Any chance we get to talk with other comic book fans um, it's really a treat for us. But um, if people liked what they heard from our end, they can find us at First Issue Club on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And we have a LinkedIn, but it just has a picture of us. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought it would be funny to have a LinkedIn, but that's fantastic. If you want to email us, it's uh, firstissueclubpodcast at gmail.com. No one ever does, but that's okay, except you and guys. You email us.
3: It's first, F I R S T. Yeah. Oh, sure. I don't know if we yeah. said
0: that. Not first, like one yeah. S <laughs> T.
2: And we'll definitely have links to all their stuff in the show notes. Do y'all have any other stuff y'all want to plug? Anything you want to promote?
0: Uh, not really. We um we put out shows every week. Um that's about it. We have a few little local cons that we're gonna be doing. We have a zine con coming up where oh, we nice. Yeah, we write bootleg comic books and um people typically like those. The last <laughs> one we did um we wrote about uh,
1: the thing having erectile dysfunction that went off really well. <laughs> oh and, my god! Oh, the... Please, please tell me at some point you said he could not get his rocks off. <laughs> it's called a hard as a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: then uh, I think we... the illiterate Aquaman.
0: Yeah, the illiterate Aquaman. He's underwater so much, no one taught him how to read. Yeah,
3: books don't last underwater. No <laughs> one knows how, how to read down stupid. there. So stupid! Yeah, this is fantastic. I don't know what you're talking oh my about. God. <laughs> please send us, please send e- email us your to address this. and we'll mail
0: them to you. Yes. Yes, please,
3: please,
2: please, 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 please. Oh my God, I've got to read these. <laughs> oh Lord. All right. Oh, well, sorry, I got go. <laughs> well, well, a card.
1: Well, Greg and Caitlin of the First Issue Club, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for having us. Be there. Oh, I'm still here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm, I'm, that, I'm, just, I'm just wondering whether or not I need to sign off with my signing off of some things. We're going to record that separately. I don't know. Again, I'm the talent. I don't know any of this technical shit. <laughs>
2: oh, man. Davis, right. you got the reins, baby. you got to keep right. this on
1: course. <laughs> well, if that's the case... Thank you again, everybody, for listening to us with Jacks of Trades uh, with 100% less Michael Allen Duret. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. like us, give us five stars, uh, you know, listen to us in general, or even better, uh, if you want to save some time, just fast forward all the way through the podcast to five seconds and then play it on through. Uh, it still counts as a play, and we like that. That's fine. Uh, we are available Ooh, on Jack's Trades. Hack. What? What? what Life hack? The life hack. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I listen to our own podcast. It's wonderful. It gets our likes up and gets our, you know, do 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 doos. Hell yeah. We are on jackstradespodcast.com, jacksoftradespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, send, us, send us recommendations, send us reviews, send us your favorite recipe for how to make Al Pastor tacos. Uh, There's this thing on Netflix I saw about it. Really love Al Pastor tacos. There's pineapple for some reason. It's great.
2: Wait, 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 wait. You lose your damn mind over pineapple on pizza, you lose it. Like you go bonkers over it.
1: Yeah. Because that's a sin. Yeah, it's a sin. Oh, my God. Al pastor. It's it, it was made originally with pineapple and citrus like that to begin with.
3: I just want you to know what company you're in though. Greg didn't know what spinach was until this year. So wow. <laughs> there's a there's a reason he's not accustomed it's to pineapple. Lettuce. And pizza. Don't tell him about
1: kale. <laughs> bruh, bruh, you, you you do you even Popeye? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was just eating dirt. mm <sighs> We are also on www.facebook.com slash twitter.com jackstradespod, or www.instagram.com slash jackstradespod. If you go to Instagram on the website, uh if you don't, you just use the app. It's on also jackstradespods.com. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, jacks of on trades the-
2: podcast.com. Jacks of Trades <laughs> what on Instagram? You just said it's, we're at jackstradespods.com.
1: No, Jack's, jackstradespodcast.com. I have loving, it written I'm really in front of me. In this. Um, uh, anyway, <laughs> thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm Davis. I'm Greg. And I'm Greg.
3: What? <laughs> Caitlin, say your line. And I'm Caitlin.
1: <laughs> and this has been Jacks of Trades.
4: Hey, everybody. It's Mike. I could not stay away. I had to share my thoughts and feelings on Valkyrie. I'm super bummed that I can't be part of the collab episode with First Issue Club. I have been listening to them since uh, right when they started. Uh, had some fun interactions with them on Twitter, so I'm super happy that they are on the show and super sad that I cannot participate. But I can give you a little bit of my quick hits, Uh, This issue was absolutely incredible. Valkyrie, Jane Foster, number one. I loved it. It continues the story of our Almighty Thor, Jane Foster, but with a new twist to it. Uh, You know, in the previous uh, run, Almighty Thor, she was taking up somebody else's mantle. She was. Uh, it, it fit the purpose of the story which is the the selflessness the sacrifice the being worthy uh, now she's in a completely different role as the Valkyrie she's no longer a god of thunder she's she is a um, I guess for lack of a better term like this cosmic shepherd uh, that 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 has different responsibilities than she previously had as Thor. She may have a lot of the similar uh, powers and a lot of similar uh, ways that she can influence the world, but but her job is no longer what it was when she was Thor. She is now, you know, the sole shepherd of fallen warriors to Valhalla. She is helping to protect this realm of of Midgard and and the living gods from all of the the evils of, of the afterlife and, and all that. There's so many different places this story can go, which I'm super excited to see uh, happen. But also, it was just a fun start. We have these stupid, goofy villains uh, that are just a nice callback to some of the odder moments of Marvel history. But then it opens up in this crazy, you know... Uh, Expanse after that Because we have The, the We've held a sword That gets stolen And now It is in the possession Of uh, Screw it I'm spoiling it I'm not on the damn episode Now in the possession Of Bullseye Who You can fucking at me I think his costume Looks stupid Always have Always will Not a fucking Bullseye fan However He does have a strong power set and he is a good foil to Jane as she's figuring out this new role of hers. He's not super overpowered naturally, but now he's got this crazy weapon, so it does put him on this weird kind of kind of boosted level. But he's still not like it's not like she's going against Gore the God Butcher or anything like that right now. Anyway, great first issue. Super excited to see where this goes. Uh, if Davis says anything other than glowing praise lambast him on the internet. Tell him he's an idiot. Tell him that, I don't know, anything else I'm going to say is just going to sound mean. And I don't want to be mean. I still, I still love Davis. I miss you, buddy. And I miss all of you. Thank you guys for listening to a couple minutes of my dumb rambling. And thank you, First Issue Club, for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Really love your show. Keep it up, guys. And I hope we can do something in the future.